Welcome to the Pop Sports Podcast. As you can hear from the uh, kind co-host that I have today, eager to get things rolling. Yeah, let's go. Let's roll. Let's move. <laughs> well, we are coming to you for a uh, It's all special... about tempo. It's tempo. <laughs> high tempo. Special episode today to uh, go ahead and give you kind of a scouting report for the Quarter Lane Vikings. Uh, now... Through my 14 years that I've lived here in Washington, I don't think I've ever spelled Coeur d'Alene correctly once. Have you? Yes. C-D-A. <laughs> you know, a lot easier to go ahead hey, and spell That's it. the price you pay when you name your town after some French explorer dude. <laughs> now, uh, to recap for you guys, Coeur d'Alene did get the win last Friday uh, over the Rigby Trojans. Uh, now, if you're wondering where Rigby is, that's uh, Idaho Falls area and kind of borders Wyoming. I had to look that one up on the map. Did you know that Rigby was in Idaho Falls? No. I've been to Idaho Falls, though. Yeah, so pretty My small. My guess is they're pretty tough kids. Yeah, no. A lot of farm kids and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I bet. No, it looked cold when I looked them up on uh, online. It was a snow well, picture. Right by Yellowstone? Yeah. Or the... Yeah, it's kind of close by there. The gate of Yellowstone? Yeah. So the final score of that game on Friday was... That's a good show, by the way, Yellowstone, if you haven't seen it. Thanks. Trying to get through (laughs) the recap so we can get to things. But the win for the Vikings was 31-26. And some notable performances that we want to take care and uh, highlight for you guys is there was a game-ending interception by Colby Noseworthy uh, that sealed the victory for the Vikings. Uh, He's number 21. He's a senior. He plays safety and wide receiver. And uh, on that on that game, 12 receptions, 133 yards, and two touchdowns. Pretty impressive for a senior uh, to go both ways and make a difference on both sides of the ball. Now, uh, their quarterback, a younger kid, uh, he's a junior, Jack Parker, number four. Uh, he went 25 of 35 for 259 yards and three touchdowns. So not afraid to sling the ball around for sure on that end. Uh, their running game, not necessarily something that's of heavy, uh, newsworthy information, um, you know, they do have about three guys that they kind of split the carries from, and uh, I think they did have a total of 155 yards on the ground. Uh, but all in total, the offensive stats look this way. 63 plays, uh, 35 pass, 28 run, 259 yards in the air, and uh, 155 yards on the ground, like I had said. So for a grand total of uh, 414 yards of total offense. Now, on the defensive front, uh, Rigby actually racked up a quite, a few, quite a few yards. Uh, on offense, 461 total yards of offense. Uh, they had two guys, two uh, two running backs that rushed for over 300 yards combined between the two, and uh, you know they they threw the ball but not as effectively as I would have thought they'd like. Uh, only about 150 yards uh, through the air. So uh, one other notable thing though uh, with that quarterlane defense is they did give up two touchdowns to Rigby in the fourth quarter, and uh, Rigby was driving at the end of the game. Uh, when they when they threw that interception to Noseworthy, but uh, pretty impressive performance uh, by Quarter Lane in that home opener. Never easy to come out and uh, be sharp right away. Um, but uh, what what did you see in the highlights, Scott? First thing I saw is that uh, summer's ending, <laughs> and that's kind of sad. Uh, I was thinking about the kids going back to school today. Yep, and, and when uh, we get to the game now, did you catch anything <laughs> when you're watching the game? Well, we're, we're recording this on Labor Day, and the weather is fantastic. What a drag to go back to school. Anyway. Yeah, but you're in Studio B. You're loving it. Just to have the engineer ready to go when I get down here. But 
No, I um, from the highlights I saw. You know, I think Idaho likes to. They have a tradition of throwing the ball there. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of their philosophy. And they also have a tradition of winning there. Um, so, I think the fact that they, you know, the one thing we couldn't see because we we couldn't attend the game last yeah. week, but the one thing we didn't see is we really couldn't see what what Rigby was giving up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, if Quarter Lane, you know, was throwing the ball to uh, twenty-one, uh, noseworthy. Yeah. If they were throwing to him, it looked like they liked to play him in a slot. Yeah, definitely. So um, that that always presents problems. That could present a problem to prep. Yeah. Because when you try to cover a guy in the slot, unless you can go man across the field, man coverage, you're going to have to bracket him. Mm-hmm. That's easy. That's really easy on a whiteboard it's really difficult to do it in a practical sense you usually by bracketing him you've got somebody playing him in and then usually safety up high playing him on the outside or inside or vice versa depending on how you do it or you try to bump him on the line disrupt the, the timing uh but he looks quick we saw him run a couple bubble screens bubble screens bubble screens um <laughs> uh, for good plays for good yardage those are difficult plays to stop because mm-hmm. um, if you jump them early and you miss your tackle, goodbye. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think uh, I think he, from what we saw, yeah, he's a main guy. Yeah, no, not afraid to stretch the defense. Um, young quarterback, still threw the ball 35 times. Um, nos- or noseworthy, like we said, 12 receptions. He's obviously their go-to guy. Um, their run defense seemed a little bit weak. Um, anytime that you give up over 300 yards on the ground, I think your linebackers and or D-line may be a little bit weak, and that is something Bob Cassano has to be looking forward to big time. The funny thing is, okay, the kid threw the, the, kid threw the ball 35 times. Yeah. But they were about 50-50 on their play uh, assignment. Roughly, pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good mix. Now, of course, you know, when you get late in the game, you're running clock, you run the ball more, etc. So we're not we're not really sure exactly how that played out, except for the fact that it was a pretty tight game. Yeah. So, um, you know, would they run sixty three plays total? Yeah, I think it was that uh, sixty three total. So out of sixty three total plays, they threw the ball thirty five times. Mm-hmm. So they want to be balanced. Yeah. I mean, every coach says that, except for prep. They <laughs> they don't really care about balance. They care about moving the chains, running T- the clock. T O P time of possession. Right. And it's worked for them. And I think I think this game plays into exactly what Prep's philosophy is. They're going to try to run the ball. They want to they want to shorten the game. Just keep you know moving the sticks. They don't necessarily need big plays. Keep the ball away from quarter lane. I think that's that's what they're looking at. Yeah. So this is this is Coach Bob's type of game. Mm-hmm. Punch him in the gizzard. <laughs> up front <laughs> yeah no we'll see a couple runs spring for i think some uh some deep yardages now offensive consistency though you just talked about how pretty balanced they're also balanced on the scoreboard too i think they had points in every single quarter looking at the box score it was 12 6 mm-hmm. 6 and 7 so points every quarter that's a testament to well coached and pretty disciplined kids yeah yeah no i mean quarter lane's a good program mm-hmm. um you know, so is prep. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think 
I think in a game like this, it comes down to, for prep, it's going to come down to turnovers. Yeah. Because one thing about when you're an option-based team, and prep is, Mm -hmm. you tend to have turnovers in the mesh between quarterback and the back early in the season. Way earlier in the season than you do. And running the option against a different defense is a whole different look than running it against the same Jimmy and Johnny you've been running it against in a month. Yeah. So different faces, different looks. Um, the one thing that's very encouraging that I'm sure Bob has knows very well and, and Coach Mack is the fact that Coeur gave up two 100-yard runners last week. Yeah. That does not speak well of their scheme, and it doesn't speak well of their personnel against Rigby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if Rigby was a bunch of, you know, farm kids that were tough up front, and that's what they want to do is is run the ball, and that's I think what they wanted to do, um, that could be their strength. Well, yeah. I think that's prep strength too. So, you know, I think that kind of plays in. So turnovers is going to be huge, I think. And then if you look. And you've got the stats on this. If you look at their kicking game. Yeah, two missed extra points. And when they did go for two on two other uh, extra point tries, they were 0 for 2 on that. So over 2, or should say, I think they it was 1 for 3 uh, for uh, kicking extra points. And then they were 0 for 2 going for 2. So what I see in a lot of times in a spread offense, that when they get inside, I'd say the 20 or the 10, it's pretty tough to score. And I think... That is a testament to 0 for 2 for two-point conversions, that if prep can force them into those positions where they miss those extra points and force them into going for two, that's exactly what you want in an option game where potentially the game could be low scoring, you know, no more than three touchdowns scored, but an extra point could be all the difference in, in a win or loss. Yeah, kicking game and turnovers. Yeah, no, obviously huge. And anytime that you're an option team and you go into week one, um, that's the biggest thing because... You're going against different guys. You're going against live contact. And you had said at the mesh point, pitching, um, all of the above are recipe for at least one or two turnovers in that first week because it takes time to develop that relationship with the S-back, develop the relationship with your pitch back. And um, when you're going up against a team in which when you played them last year, you lost 28-14. And if I recall, when speaking with Mac not too long ago, he said the score was not real, really reflective of the game itself, uh, that they had kind of controlled more of that game. And they have some decent returning guys. That noseworthy kid, I think, is someone that really needs to be truly highlighted by HT's de- HTD defense uh, because of the fact that he'll come downhill, he'll hit, he's you know got a nose for the ball, um, all of the above. He's clearly a guy in which... Um, could play at the next level. I mean, and just looking at him, he looks like a pretty big kid, 6'1", 190. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know what you think about that. No, I agree. I think I think their, their defense, look, Coeur going to try to spread you out. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to run a lot of um, doubles, two receivers to each side. Yeah. Maybe some trips. So they like to spread you out, and then they'll, they'll take what you give them. Yeah. My impression and this was just from one game, my impression is they're not really a vertical team. They're more of a horizontal team. It's true. Get them in space. You know, um, not big explosive plays, but plays 
that turn into explosive plays through a missed tackle, missed assignment, that kind of thing. So if I'm hearing you right, offensive strategies kind of boil down to this. Keep the ball at a quarter lane's offense, his hands. Yep. Control that time of possession. Shorten the game. Um, exploit, exploit that weak run defense. Uh, that should be something that's pretty easy for the pups. Uh, where are the kids out that go both ways? I kind of look at that. There is not one kid besides the quarterback on quarter lane's depth chart that does not go both ways or at least is not listed as a two-way player. So in that opportunity for the pups, keep the ball in the offense's hands, wear that defense out, and ultimately you're wearing those kids out that play offensive as well. Yeah. As a coach, when you look at film, that's one of the first things you break down in high school, how many kids are flipping on the ball. Mm -hmm. And so um, usually a lot of linemen – Maybe three out of your five offensive linemen are flipping on the ball. You'll, sometimes you'll have a fullback, go to linebacker, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that is that is definitely a factor. And I think, look, if you're quarter lane, here's what you're thinking. Get up early. Yeah. If you get up early on prep and you make them do what they don't want to do, which is throw the ball, um, that's your best chance to win. Every team in the GSL has that thought, and they have year after year after year after year against when they go against G Prep. Yeah. Now, uh, on the defense side of the ball, I think uh, we look at this as contain Noseworthy, which is really tough because of the fact that he plays in the slot. You had said that, um, but keep that guy in check the best of your ability. Force Coeur d'Alene and a young quarterback, I think, into third and long situations. So as good as you can be on first and second down, that's huge. Um, and then is pressure pressure that, that young quarterback. Uh, Parker is a, a, uh, a junior. And if you can force him into some quick throws and make them be more of a vertical pass, uh, I think that could work to the advantage of the speed of the secondary of the Bullpups. Yeah, and one thing about, e- about HT, his defense... He'll have 44 different blitz schemes ready to go. <laughs> I mean, he he has a he's a very scheme heavy guy. At least he used yeah. to be. Maybe he's not anymore, but he used to be. Um, so he can attack you from anywhere on the field. And because prep has, for the most part, pretty bright kids on their team, mm-hmm. you can do a lot of schematic things. Um, so yeah, I agree. I think. You want to, that that kind of uh, quarterback. You want to force him to make decisions early. Yeah. You know. So and just don't give up the big play. True. Make him earn everything. And don't get if if prep gets two touchdowns behind early, that's a problem. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that as as fast as I think Quarterlane's going to come out, um, you know that they're going to score. They're an offensive consistent team. Uh, so forcing turnovers is going to be big. Because as they build a lead, if they do, um, it's going to be a couple turnovers that are going to help the Bullpups get back into it and kind of keep them in their offensive scheme. Um, but without those turnovers, obviously that will be tough. Yep. So, Absolutely. Uh, it should be an exciting game. Uh, Friday night, September 6th at 7 p.m. Uh, come out, uh, support the Bullpups, be there, uh, wave to us. If you do see us, we'll try and have uh, something to uh, draw attention to the fact that we are uh, PSP. Uh, but when, uh, w- when we do look at this game, I'm looking forward to it because, uh, I think I'm going to be on the field and I think you're going to be up on the stands kind of the eye in the sky. Is that right? Yeah. I like to see the game from, uh, 
the electric football view. <laughs> I like to see the scheme of what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I've been on the sidelines for over 30 years. I know what's being said down there, and it's it's ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, it will kind of be a two-man game in which I'll get uh, what is said, even though it will be nothing you haven't heard before, apparently, uh, for a 33-year <laughs> vet. But, uh, yeah, I'll capture what's being said on the field, and we'll get the eye in the sky. Holy the smokes, old... man. We can't give up <laughs> plays like that. Yep, the old ball coach from up top will be uh, <laughs> yeah, coming to you live. Now, um, get out there, support. Uh, and then uh, look forward this week. We're going to sit down uh, briefly with Coach McKenna, get his insights leading up to Coeur d'Alene, and then uh, we'll have a post-game interview That's as well That's a 7 for o'clock you. kickoff time? 7 o'clock kickoff, yep, at Bullpup Stadium. I misspoke when I first reported it to be Bullpup out at Coeur d'Alene. Stadium. Yeah. So Friday, right now, we're looking at 79 degrees with a 40% chance of showers. That, that could be an element. I hope it doesn't rain. Maybe. I don't want to sit out there in the rain. Yeah. Good old yeah. Spokane. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. Uh, well, nonetheless, it should be picturesque. You don't have to worry I... about mud. Yeah, since that's they true. Play on plastic. Yeah. Yes, so, <laughs> get out there, support the boys, um, and uh, we're looking forward to kind of see how this first week turns out. Yeah. What a great way to start start the fall football season and the school year and all that kind of thing. So. Yep. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, this has been PSP, and uh, we look forward to uh, joining you next time. Go Pups! But for now, yeah, go Pups. <laughs>